game begin. Mr. Fasta. Hello, hello. No, I'm sorry. Hello there. There you go. General Kenobi. I had to do that. <laughs> of course moment. you did. Oh, as soon as you said hello, I was like, uh-uh, no, 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 back out. Come back in the right way. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to you wanna hop in on this after show? Sure. Let me start up my audacity here. The audacity. <laughs> the unmitigated gall. <laughs> the unmitigated gall. Oh, such an underrated movie. <laughs> oh, my sister and I, we uh, – we quote that movie every single time, every Christmas. We know it all, almost all by heart. It's joyful and triumphant. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, kids you not, for a hot minute, I had as my voicemail the, uh, if you so dare utter a yes. single syllable, I'll hunt you down and cut you like a fish. If you'd like to fax me, press the star key. <laughs> I, I had that as my voicemail for like one week in college. And then I remembered, oh yeah, that's right. I'm a responsible adult. I can't have that as my voicemail. I think it, I think my girlfriend at the time called me and left a voicemail and was like, what the heck was that? And I was like, well, it's kind of an inside joke, but uh, anywho. All right. So, so, so Rob, what, uh, what were your first impressions of the one man episode? I mean, you came in halfway oh, <laughs> up yeah. to my monologue. So did you catch on pretty quickly? Like, no, Zach oh. has just gone insane and is talking with himself. No, I got it pretty, pretty quickly, especially with your showing your love for you. And <laughs> oh yes. Oh, you and McGregor, my, oh, yeah. my first man crush, I will <laughs> readily admit, but, uh, yeah. Uh, have you read the, uh, Vanity Fair article I was referencing is that come across your your nerd I did news? See, I did see the article. I didn't I didn't have time to fully read it, but I got the gist of of it. Yeah, I mean and, it, it really is a good read, and, and just like anything Vanity Fair does, the the photography is always just phenom. Oh yeah, um, apparently uh, the uh, they had a video in the art, at least on the website version of the article, that was saying. That the woman who was doing the Vanny Fair shooting did the shootings for all the other Star Wars related stuff. Yes, so. yes, yeah. Annie, Annie. Uh, I'm gonna butcher her last name, but it's uh, Leibovitz. Annie Leibovitz. Um, that sounds so, about right. Someone, please correct me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the reason it looks so Star Wars is, I mean, she's been the one that's mm -hmm. been honing in on this look for so long and it was really cool to see now i don't know if this was like superimposed in photoshop or if it really is the volume um but a majority of the photos feature the volume led technology behind them oh yeah that's what i thought especially there was one picture that had that i could see the frame of it i was just like yeah that that's a perfect choice well you know something i didn't bring up in in my obi-wan man show uh, but was also included in the article was, you know, one of the reasons that they can pull off three Star Wars television shows in the course of a year is because of the technology leaps and bounds of the volume. Oh, yeah, that um, technology has just improved so much, especially just going from Mandalorian season one to season two, that it's just leaps and bounds well and it it just blows my mind because i mean you know star wars has always pushed the buck 
in technology. I mean, all the way back in the 1977 release and then, you know, hate them, hate them or love them. You know, the prequels were the first uh, like major feature lengths to be shot on all digital, mm-hmm. lots of use of green screen, um, you know, pro- probably a bit too much there, George, you know, you can't have too much yeah. of a good thing. Uh, but at the same time, you know, one of the key ingredients of Star Wars has been that technological pushing of the boundaries and the volume is just so freaking cool. Yeah. And, and something that they mentioned in the article and I mean, being a filmmaker myself and being that person in film school, who's yelling at everyone, like, come on guys, it's golden hour. We only have 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> something they said is like, you know, with the volume, you can have a perpetual sunset all day long. So if, if you're binary sunset, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. You can have as many suns sunsetting as you need. Um, but you know, that's something that has only been available in, in filmmakers dreams up till now, because mm-hmm. normally it, it is that, well, just pray to God that uh, it's not rainy and just pray that you get all the shots that you need within that 45 minute window. Um, but, you know, with the volume, it's, all right, we can shoot this scene all day. Nah, I'm holding back Captain America joke. This is Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this all day. Um, okay, you did. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll go there. I, I'm, on behalf of Brett, um, who we've missed this, this season. We, we got to get him in the saddle yeah. here for season three. Um, but anyway, you, you came in for at least 75% of my, my rants. Uh, was there anything that stood out to you or something that you're like, oh, I have a couple of thoughts to add? Well, going with the van, when you were talking about a Hayden Christensen's, uh, I butchered that name real bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, well, I, I said it wrong several times in the episode, so you're forgiven. <laughs> All right. But with his, that one picture of him with the cape on, I was, oh. it, as that was an awesome shot, but I, it reminisced. Uh, to me, more of the uh, post, the Revenge of the Jedi poster. Oh, okay. It, lo- it, it just gave me that look a little bit more, just the flowing cape, the positions of the lightsabers. That, I was, that just gave, that reminded me of that more than anything. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I'm, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. Anyway, just from his, if not the lot dialogue that he gave as Anakin, just the when he just had the moments to emote in those movies and just, even if it was silently, the looks that he gave, I was like, this is a Anakin Skywalker that is becoming Darth Vader. And I, and I thoroughly believed it. Oh yeah. I mean, to, to me, the scene that sold me as, Oh no, this is a broken Anakin who's becoming Vader was after he slaughters all the separatist leaders and then just looks at the camera. And of course it's the first time you see his eyes change. I'm like, that's it. That's the brood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's, that is Vader uh, in, in human form. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, where do you fall on the nerd debate on uh, is this upcoming fight between them a, um, this is going to be the best thing or does it break canon? Uh, given the dialogue between Vader and uh, Ben Kenobi in New Hope, see, I could, uh, I honestly think that if it may not, I don't know if it's going to be the best fight. I think it'll be a very good fight. That it shows their age, but also shows that they still know what, how to how to fight each other, or fight in combat, uh, even after ten years. 
but I feel that with the dialogue that Vader gave in A New Hope where he says, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. I can easily see that as he's not talking about Revenge of the Sith. He is talking about the about this fight, moment, this yeah. moment where honestly, I could easily see it that it's a fight that Obi-Wan loses and he is he is basically left for dead. Hmm. I that because even then it was uh, in A New Hope, Vader is just like, I haven't it. He is or is, either he is here or he assumes that Vader is dead or Obi-Wan is dead. But I could. So that is my thought process on that is that. He fights and he actually wins this time. And this is, and it kind of breaks Obi-Wan more. Or does Obi-Wan try to fake his own death? That too. As, as a way of protecting Luke. Because I'm sure part of the reason Obi-Wan wants to avoid all of this heat from both the Inquisitors and Vader is, mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to tip them on to Luke. Um, yep. You know, he, he's there to, to be the, the silent watcher. Uh, of Luke to make sure that you know uh, apparently according to the dialogue that he has with with uh uh Uncle Owen. Uncle Owen um I, I was like what's his last name Lars uh with Uncle Owen is you know he is fully planning to train him one day too you know when the time is right you know don't don't mm -hmm. do it too early which I do find interesting because that does kind of break with the line of thought the Jedi would have had at that time of stardom young well, so, this was so for Obi-Wan to be like, you know, the boy has to be trained. I'm like, what are you waiting for, Obi? Like, uh, are you not training him overtly because the Empire is a thing? Or, like, are you having a change of thought on, like, because uh, you saw how well it worked when you waited with Anakin to be older. So, you know, just curious why the wait. Um, if I think uh, that it's – sorry, you go ahead. Oh, no, I, go ahead. I mean, I, I've uh, already expressed. Yeah. Um, I think that it's seeing how he's now been in contact with Qui-Gon a lot more since Ooh, Yoda's trained point. him how to do that. Good he point. now understands the importance of what the Jedi did wrong by training them so young. Hmm. Okay. So that having someone – instead of he's waiting for Luke, I guess, to maybe develop or get in touch with the Force at at his natural time, not – not kind of forced it upon <laughs> forced upon but yeah he certainly wouldn't want luke to choke on his ambitions <laughs> aspirations aspirations that's it <laughs> oh uh, is is so, there a word of um if uh james Earl jones is coming back to voice vader or is it just going to be hate uh, modulated hayden christensen well, there's no way in heck they're going to do modulated Hayden Christensen. I, I have not heard of James Earl Jones coming back, which again just brings up in my mind, like are, are the scenes with Vader going to be maskless? Um, and, uh, but I mean, he's got to have some dialogue with the Inquisitors with his mask on, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe they haven't announced it because it's just an assumed. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, he did it for Rogue One. And uh, well, I guess it's not necessarily true. They they had different actors that came in for Rebels, uh, for the sections that he was in there. So no, yeah, I yeah, I don't, I don't know. I thought he voiced Rebels as well. Oh, I'm pretty confident it's not. Um, here, I'll I'll verify that real quick. <laughs> um, 
because I don't, I don't want to get that little tidbit wrong. But, but yeah. I, I remember even listening to Rebels. I'm like, okay, they got someone who was really close. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I don't think it was him. Now, what I don't know, and I wonder if this is going to be like, you know, they're purposely keeping it secret, is if Liam Neeson is going to be a Qui-Gon force ghost, wh- whether like <sighs> in person or just the voice. Uh, if they do, I, I am full for that. He, Liam Neeson's Qui-Gon Jinn is my favorite Jedi of all, e- even more than Yoda. And, and I'll fight anyone to death on that and come back. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. If, if Qui-Gon had lived, uh, you know, he, he might have been a little bit more of a contender for me. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the advantage that Obi-Wan has – is you know you uh you have all the other original trilogy to to connect with ben kenobi and then of course he's a consistent face throughout all of the the prequel trilogy um Mm -hmm. i mean listen i love me some qui-gon any any eu book that has come out with qui-gon in it i mean funnily enough i i actually like i was i was a star wars fan uh you know thanks to my mom and and sharing the movies with me growing up but i didn't become a star wars nerd until i started reading the obi-wan apprentice series oh yeah which covered obi-wan being an apprentice with qui-gon and i mean it was like a series of like 22 books Mm. so it it was it was quite large um and and i mean uh, i loved qui-gon in those uh loved his character um Mm -hmm. it's it's just uh it's I, hard. I don't have as much material to latch on as I do with Obi-Wan. So thus oh, yeah. Obi-Wan uh, has the high ground as it were. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Ewan's performance. It, like you said, British actors have are so good at just physical acting. There's just something about it, man. Mm-hmm. And just from watching the behind the scenes of Revenge, Revenge of the Sith, when he was just practicing Ewan, or Alec Guinness's uh, inflections in in the lines, I was like, okay, I I can see that now. And then hearing him in the teasers for Obi Wan, I'm just like, I can hear a lot more Alec Guinness now. Just even the, in those couple of lines, it was still just okay. I am totally behind this. Well, but I mean, th- that's the mastery of Ewan McGregor is, I mean, he was doing that even in the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. like, you know, like the, the famous, most meme worthy, like, you know, hello there, you know, he was absolutely mimicking when the, the, the famous reveal of Ben Kenobi, you know, taking off the hood, talking to R2. Um, so, you know, he, he's already shown that he has such respect for uh alec guinness's original performance so i mean i i just expect to see even more of that here in in obi-wan mm-hmm. now, uh, now did you finish rebels all the way oh yeah oh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We I, i'm not a quitter i'm not a quitter <laughs> even after pergill's into the scene i was like bye i gotta see this through um and i will say i looked it up on behind the voice actors.com and i was wrong it was james earl, james earl jones who came back to do the voice of darth vader uh, in his brief appearances in Rebels, um, man, for whatever reason, it just sounded so different to me in Rebels. I, I get, I get that. It did uh, from the clips that I have seen. I have, I've not seen the whole show, but I've, but I know some like the most of the Vader parts and and uh, the uh, Obi Wan's epic. Well, uh, would I call it epic? 
his final duel with Maul. <laughs> with Maul. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I will say it's a brilliant final duel because, it, you know, here Obi-Wan has had years to meditate, probably relive that fight. Because if, you, if you're battling inner demons, I mean, w mm -hmm. what better one than the duel that he, he let his master down and his master gets killed? Um, you know, he, he probably looked, you know, replayed that fight over in his head again and again and again. And something that, you know, I, I will give Dave Filoni credit for is as short and as brief as that duel is, you see that moment where Darth Maul goes to do that same kind of like butt move with the lightsaber that ultimately did in Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan just counters mm -hmm. it instantly and kills him. Um, and, and it's like, oh, that mm -hmm. he's had years to think about that moment. And so we're expecting this long protracted duel, but Darth Maul, who in contrast has really had not much character progression. Like if anything, he's just become a more hate filled character. Um, he just, you know, reverts back to yeah, what he's always on known. Revenge. Yeah. He's just, he just reverts to what he's always known. Whereas Obi-Wan has grown and he, in that one master stroke, just cuts it off before you have this long fight. Um, so anyway, I know, I know there are some people that are like, oh, that was so lame. It was a budgetary restraint. That's why it was so short. But I'm like, no, I, I think there was some really good story value to it being so short. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree on that. It was just like, no matter how short it was, just the story that they gave through the, just through those looks and positions that uh, Obi-Wan went through, it was okay he's he is he is matured past the the uh ro no, i wouldn't say rogue the young jedi knight that yes fought he, he's Maul. now a master absolutely mm -hmm. and i mean in, in the way he he goes into his sorosu form four kind of fighting pose you know mm -hmm. th that will be interesting to see um if they touch upon this and, and it's something that is always um uh, I had questions about is, you know, Obi-Wan uses form four, which is all about defense. And mm -hmm. then uh, Anakin was always form five, which is all about like attack, like, you know, attack, 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 attack. I mean, you like know, that, his father. <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a, exactly. Um, well, not Anakin's father, but Anakin used form five. Oh, uh, Anakin. I thought you said Luke. Sorry. Oh, well, I mean, you know, Luke, funnily enough, was a combination of the two, which would make sense because he was trained by two different influences. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and of course, you know, Yoda as well. Um, but uh, when you look at um, uh, uh, when you look at how he fights in uh, New Hope, that opening stance is actually a stance of form uh, like form five, that kind of like the more samurai, uh, like broadsword. So I, mm -hmm. I wonder if they'll have some sort of uh, reasoning for why his style that we see in, you know, in Rebels, you know, presumably in this show is so different from, you know, what we see in that, that final encounter between him and Vader and New Hope. Now, granted, I know there's always going to be that. Well, it was the technology that was available at the time. I get that, uh, but um, you know what? Uh, 
what it, was there like a crippling thing that happened or is it, mm-hmm. it, it in a way is obi-wan mocking him in that final scene by using anakin's form um so anyway i'll just be curious to see if or, or uh, it's just the uh hit him I, this is just a thought that just popped up it was it could be just that he was using Anakin style just to distract him enough so he's not paying attention to the obvious people running through the <laughs> through the hangar. I mean, yeah, yeah, is he just trying to distract him? But but I, you know, I was thinking about it and and I, I just caught myself on something. Um I I said Obi-Wan used form four, he uses form three. Um, oh, okay. form three is called Sorosu. Um, but, um, I, I think what I was getting that mixed up with is form four is Qui-Gon's that he originally used, mm. um, and Obi-Wan originally had, but then he switched to form three because he wanted more defense after he saw his master get killed by, uh, um, Darth Maul. Anyway, that was going to bother me moving on. You know, <laughs> if, if his whole point is to distract Vader, then part of me almost likes that theory that, well, then what better way to, you know, piss someone off than to use their own lightsaber form against them, especially if they know mm-hmm. it's something that you don't do. Like, like it's almost a, you know, it's almost giving him the proverbial middle lightsaber by going <laughs> like, I'm using your technique um, as a way of just continuing to keep Vader distracted. Uh uh, knowing if I was at that point, I'd be like, oh, Vader, nice suit. Must have cost you an arm and a leg. Uh- <laughs> oh, man. And then I probably would have been choked to death. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, you definitely would have been that Imperial officer that is replaced <laughs> in the next scene. Um, so uh, question, have you seen that reimagining of the obi-wan vader fight that someone yes i did so good i mean if it was so good if the fight that they do in this series is anything like that sign me up Mm -hmm. it's i'm i'm just looking forward to it all and i really like you i hope that they have some helmetless moments with with hayden oh they got to even if even if it's just showing him like the uh, who was the actor that played um, Vader in Return of the Jedi at, uh, as just as Anakin? I don't remember. Uh, I forget his name. But... but if they do the makeup almost kind of like that, just to give him, even if it j- looks just not not just like him, but similar enough, just to have that just bonding of the series with the movies even more. I'm just like I'd be so. So down. so down with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Though we have to remember that, again, with the timeline, Rebels does happen after this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we do see some moments where, you know, Vader's helmet cracks and we see kind of that that eyeball. And he does have more of that, like, grayish look. So I don't know if we're going to have that, like, bleached white look that we see at the Return of the Jedi. If anything, Mm -hmm. it'll probably be kind of an in-between of you know burnt oreo hayden christensen that we see at the end of uh revenge of the sith um and probably a little bit of in-between of that moment where we see him in rebels Mm -hmm. so maybe just like slightly burned toast darth vader 
<laughs> Slightly crisp, not uh, extra crispy. <laughs> Just a little aged crisp. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, anything else that stood out in the Obi-Wan Man show? You wanted to throw your, your two credits in? Uh, where, where do you fall on the, like the Acolyte? Or any of the other shows. I mean, we've been talking Obi-Wan. Which one was Acolyte about? Because I, I hadn't Acolyte, heard much of it. Acolyte is the, the, the dark side tale that they're going to be exploring. And it happens mm. 100 years before Phantom Menace. Oh, so th- could that mean Plagueis? Interest. Well, depends on which side of the lore you're going to fall. Um, because like old EU, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Darth Plagueis was a mun. So obviously they have a different lifespan than humans, but mm-hmm. I, I honestly I, I I don't know where the new lore falls. Like Darth Plagueis is obviously still there because he's you know he's by canon mentioned in the movies, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the new established timeline is as far as him playing out. Because one of the best EU uh, novels was Plagueis, but of course it's now Legends, so everything in it is moot. But it, it would have been, you know, Plagueis would have been around. So, you know, who mm-hmm. knows? Maybe the Acolyte is the master who teaches Darth Pelagus. Um, Interesting. Uh, you know, with the term Acolyte, the assumption is it's got to be something Sith, right? Yes. I mean, you don't use that kind of term for someone who's just a casual dark side force user. Like <laughs> this has got to be someone who has some sort of almost religious devotion yeah uh, to the dark side which of course would be the sith mm-hmm. so all right well if you don't know much about that um what about ahsoka or andor anything on those fronts i'll i definitely am looking forward to ahsoka seeing how what they're going to do with that and i saw recently just people were they were talking about like oh i'd want this person to be thrown or this person and so my two choices original originally it was going to be pure if if I had a choice for it, it would have been Pierce Brosnan as Thrawn. <laughs> okay, but then someone showed a Benedict Cumberbatch as him, and I was just like, I could definitely see him, especially with with some of the scenes like he did as Khan in Star Trek, just the deep, just the calculating, the calculating mind. It I could, like I said, I could see, I could look forward to him as the villain. Who's come back for revenge against the Je- against the Jedi who stopped him? Okay, okay. Well, you know, we we even did an episode. I, I think it was one of our fan Q and A episodes. We were talking about like, you know, who would you want live action cast as Thrawn? And you know, uh, it, it kind of seems like the the um uh oh, what's the name of Ezra's planet? The the Lothal cat is out of the bag. Because uh, as of April this year, mm-hmm. Disney like unofficially confirmed that Lars Mikkelsen is going to be playing uh, live action Thrawn. Okay. So if okay, it, so he is the brother of you know the other famous Mikkelsen. He's uh, you mm-hmm. know currently he's playing um, the antagonist in the Fantastic Beast series, um, but you know uh, playing Grindelwald. Mads, uh, yeah, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, you know, obviously he was also the good guy in um, Rogue One. You know, he was he was Jan's father, who is responsible for the the failsafe 
um, in in the Death Star. Um, mm-hmm. So so interesting that both brothers would would have their their claim in the Star Wars universe. Um, but uh, you know the the when I first heard that role, what solidified to me though was like, oh, that could be good. Is when he played the antagonist in the Sherlock Holmes series. Did you ever see that? Oh um, yeah. I forget the the bad guy's name, but I remember the name of his house. It was called Appledore. Um, and I just remember him yeah. being so like conniving and just always one step ahead of Sherlock, who's always one step ahead of everyone else. And just thinking mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. I mean, if you remember, the only way he's beat is Sherlock just shoots him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, That's but, one uh, way to go. Yeah, I mean, that that is a direct way of dealing with a problem, right? Well, okay. So there's a, re- there's a good reason why they picked him to be Thrawn. He voiced Thrawn in Rebels. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is, you know, he he voiced him. Um, so, you know, considering that they are, he already had their sign off for the mm-hmm. voice and, uh, you know, also got, um, uh, I, I mean, I, I think overall, I mean, I know some people would wish Thrawn had done more in the series. Um, and, you know, for me, mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. Other than the fact that he was defeated by space whales, still a sore spot for me. Uh, I mean, I know Maybe even the- Tim- I know Timothy Zahn also gave him his approval. Um, so you know that's huge considering he created the character. So oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I- I'm excited to see him do it. Which of course we're all going. All right. So is that going to be like season one of Ahsoka, or is that going to be like the big draw to season two? Like all of season one is bringing you up to her finding Thrawn. And then season two is dealing with them. Just as long as we don't have like a uh, Iron Man three moment where oh. we think we got him, <laughs> and then it was like, nope, we've been we fooled you. No, I I think the MCU and Disney as a whole learned from the whole Mandarin. I mean, the fact that they went to such great lengths to make up for that in Shang Chi, I, yeah. I think they learned their lesson. Yeah. I really do. Um, plus, you don't do that with Thrawn. Like, there will be a Star Wars rebellion if if they pull that kind of that kind of bantha poodoo with with Thrawn. And if we and if we have a showdown between her and Thrawn, it needs to be good, not oh, just absolutely. It, it, I would say it should be like a mind game more than anything. Oh yeah, I mean, like it, they can't really fight. I mean, they, they introduce in the show that. Um, he does have some like martial skills, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, you know, it, it's not like he's going to pull out his own lightsaber or Beskar pole and start going, you know, ham <laughs> on on Ahsoka. So instead, I, yeah, absolutely, I think it would have to be like she has to make it through all these booby traps and mind traps that he set for her, mm-hmm. or or be the like he set something to destroy a civilization or a town or something something that yeah there's collateral or you know he's holding a civilization hostage or what if by some weird strange course of events he's brainwashed ezra you know the last the last thing we saw is they went zooming off into hyperspace with the pergills you know what if ezra had some sort of like mind problem like concussion or there was some lasting after effects and thrawn was able to use that to bend him to his will um does that mean we'd be ha- we'd be getting the cast the rest of the uh group from uh 
with oh, that. Well, I mean, you know, you'd see a live action Sabine. Like there's no yeah. way you have the, the, uh, comeuppance for Thrawn and the tying of the bow on Ezra's story without Sabine. Mm-hmm. Like no way you'd have to have live action Sabine. And based on the success of bringing Bo-Katan to life, like I'm now ready to see a live action Sabine. Like if they had started with Sabine, I would have been like, heck no way. But, but after seeing how they, they handled Bo, I'm like, okay, I, I'm ready for this. I'm ready. And it's like, let's see what you got. Yeah. Uh, with- you know, may, maybe with a little less graffiti, uh, you know, <laughs> may, maybe, maybe a more matured version now that she's much, much older. Mm-hmm. Now with uh, Andor, I have no idea what they're going to go with that. Because the last time I heard what, when, uh, when they had announced the show that it was going along the lines with him saying like, I've been in this fight for 16 years or, or, or since I was 16 or however long it was that it was like, okay, you, we have a long timeline now that he's fought, fought against the Empire. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, well, and, and basically we know that this starts at the beginning of that fight. Um, mm-hmm. like, like this is his origin story. So um, it will be a younger version of himself. Um, but I can't imagine they'd be going for like kid because obviously he can't play a kid. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll have like a brief flashback to the very beginning. And then it, so. it you know goes forward like 10 years or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again – uh, I don't know if it's just because they've not released details or if similar to my argument with the MCU is I'm going like, wait, this is coming out in August and we know this little, like, I'm afraid Disney just doesn't want to cannibalize their own hype. And so mm-hmm. they're like, well, we can't release details on this because we need people to be excited about Obi-Wan and about Doctor Strange 2 and about, oh yeah, Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> and oh yeah, Miss Marvel is releasing in June. And I mean, and then like, She-Hulk. And then She-Hulk. So, I mean, it's just all of this stuff we have to keep track of as a nerd. You know, it's just, it's too much for one man. Honestly, that kind of is. I'm kind of getting a little burned out with the, some of these, with the constant movie show, movie show. I know you're like, Disney, I... I'm paying for Disney Plus. Like, what more do you want from me? (laughs) We want your entire existence. We want you to never stop loving us. Okay. (laughs) Back up, Mickey. Back up. Personal space, please. Uh, But, you know, like I said, if if it's Star Wars, I'm going to watch it eventually. Now, granted, it's going to have priority even over MCU stuff in, in, in my house, but um you know i, I obi-wan is going to be like an event like i may or may oh, yeah. not have asked off work for that friday so. yeah my uh, <laughs> a friend friend of mine he's having a whole watch party and i'm just like yep sounds fun gonna gonna go for that yeah absolutely i will do an obi-wan watch especially since they're releasing two so i mean oh, that's yeah. it like what at least two hours that's a movie so <laughs> that's a movie and it's going to end on a cliffhanger and we're just oh like, of course it will and what? then we're like why did i do this to myself i should have paced myself <laughs> but uh who am i kidding i'm gonna binge on obi-wan so oh yeah well hey um speaking of uh speaking of binging um any have you seen dr strange 2 i have seen it okay i have not yet if you had to give it so so two questions i want the rob score one out of ten and then i want a score for where it falls as an mcu movie so first okay. score is like your own personal score, just, you know, uh, to Rob. 
And then how would you rate it again, one through 10 against other Marvel movies? I say actually both, both scores would be a seven out of 10. It's a good movie okay. to enjoy. Okay. It's, it, it's not great. Like, like uh in game and infinity war were but and captain and winter soldier the oh so good winter soldier those, those three movies are still at the top of my list as the best ones and but it is still an enjoyable film okay well i know as soon as it maybe hits like dollar theater or i mean mm -hmm. honestly just whenever Meredith and i can get childcare, um uh like i want to go see it um just haven't got around to it. And, and honestly, Meredith has always been iffy on Dr. Strange just because of the magic element to it. And yeah. of course, with the, the direction they've been going with Scarlet Witch to where she's been really leaning into the witch side of things, yeah. uh, Meredith may never watch it, uh, which makes my likelihood of seeing it soon even less. So really, that just means it'll be the next like airplane flight that I have <laughs> that, yeah, it's, that it's offered. I, I think you should, you'll probably definitely look at the next air flight because this is, Definitely a Sam Raimi film. Okay. All right. Enough said. Enough said. Well, hey, thanks for even the preview. But um, mm -hmm. hey, we uh, uh, we do have to wrap some things up because I have got some work tomorrow. But Rob, always a pleasure having you along for the after show. And oh, uh, always glad to be around. Hey, thanks. Thanks for representing the True Believer patrons. So uh, we. Uh, we, we hope that uh, Spencer will be able to join us here soon. Um, old, uh, old Dan, come <laughs> back when we're not recording on a, uh, a Wednesday. So we'll, 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 get, we'll get everyone back. We'll get everyone mm -hmm. back. We'll get them all together, and then we'll discuss things. Yes. proper nerds do. Yes, and then I'm, I'm still looking forward to our big in-person event here in June. Oh, yeah. So I'm already episode 100. Woo, woo. 100. So can't believe it. It's been a hundred episodes, two years, a hundred episodes. So you'll probably have to introduce me to Knights of the Old Republic. I have never played oh. that game. Oh, you know what? I'm going to let Aaron Brown do the honors. Um, he he's he's the our resident like fanboy of that game. So it's uh, from my my one time playing it through. And I know that's already <laughs> a sacrilege to true KOTOR fans out there that I've only played it through one time. Um, it, it really is a fun ride. But uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, hey, thanks for riding along, and we will catch you later, Dagum nerds. <laughs> May the force be with you. Dang, that was good. Game over.